Hello, welcome to the Drop the Remote podcast. I'm Ben Houck. I'm Chris Heyer. I'm Shane Foley. And this is a conversation show where three dudes talk about how crazy the year 2022 movies were and how stupid the Oscars are. Fellas, how are you doing? Doing good. Ready to talk shit about some Oscar movies I haven't even seen before. <laughs> I echo those sentiments. I'm just thrilled to be here. I'm, I'm so glad. So we're back after a year off. Um, and we've got a great new guest, uh, not guest host, uh, co-host, Shane Foley. Uh, Shane, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you come to movies and... And what's uh, what's going on, fellas? So, yeah, no, I um, so growing up, I worked in Saratoga. I worked right in downtown. And I remember after payday every week, I would go to Borders and I would buy DVDs and I would go home and just watch a shit ton of DVDs. So I've always just been diehard D- movie is guy. Is your DVD collection still on fleek? Are you Blu-ray or what are we up to now? I, I strictly stream now. Okay. However, mm-hmm. my dust covered uh, DVD collection is somewhere kicking over there. Nice. Nice. Uh, and we were talking um, just before we got on air here. All I see You've is got... a lot of Sugar Ray, by the way. All I see are Sugar Ray DVDs. There's some Tybo videos over okay, there. Okay, I mean, the... <laughs> uh, you've got the the AMC uh, pass here, so you've been like really hitting it pretty hard. Yeah. So we live up in Saratoga. Uh, the Bowtie Critteron Theater sold to AMC. I think it's now the AMC Critteron Theater. I could mm. be co- incorrect. We don't need to be right about it. They don't pay us yet. Yeah. <laughs> if they pay us money, we'll Cri- be right Criterion, about it. when you want to get yeah, on the pod, you let us know. That's true. I was super pissed when AMC took it over because I did love the old theater. However, we got the app, and I noticed that you can basically pay $25 a month for a membership, and you could see up to three movies a week covered under that membership. So my fiance Sean and I have just been whacking through films that I would otherwise probably absolutely I, not. I feel be like you're you're uh, McConaughey and Wolf on Wall Street, just getting those numbers up, baby. Like you're just <laughs> you're just you're just there. Do they still not let you bring a beer inside? I thought that was the dumbest thing about that movie theater was like, there's a bar here, but also you got to drink your beer before you go into the movie. So local plug for Stewart Shops. I typically just go to Stewart's, get my candy, get my Diet Coca Cola, and just put it in my jacket and walk in with it it's pretty obvious when i do it and they have not stopped me They're so cool i think you could it. probably yeah, those amc folks don't get paid enough to really care about your, yeah, your red straws hanging what out of your the, pocket what was the dinner in a movie place that used to be over that way uh broadway joe's broadway joe's, broadway was, joe's the, was the shit mm-hmm. you'd never trust a place where you're eating in the dark yeah they were like the booths there were basically like hospital reclining beds they're like would you like a plate of nachos with uh stuart little four <laughs> You gotta love it. Saratoga Springs, hell of a town. Uh, we're broadcasting live from, not live, but from upstate New York. Uh, I'm still in Albany. Chris is in Troy, New York. So we're very much in the 518. Troyalty. Troyalty. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Chris, where are you watching movies these days if you go to the movie theater? Uh, what's that? Last time I went to the movie theater, I usually go to uh, Crossgates. Nice. I think that's like, yeah. What? Dude, I haven't been to a movie theater in a long time, though. So closest actually, for you is either East Greenbush or, like, Regal in Colony or... I think, I, waited, I, think I went to see Marshall the, the Shell mm. at, uh, in Colony, I want yeah. to say. That was a tough one to find. I, feel, I do. I feel like we've got a little bit of that dynamic. Shane and I both have a movie, our favorite movie theater, around the corner from our house, like, within a mile or two. And, and Chris is over here like, yeah, I catch him on streaming when I feel like it. My favorite movie theater <laughs> is my couch where I put on a recently purchased space helmet and get high and watch whatever is going on. It's a good time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, will, I will say, I am, while I'm not a huge fan of AMC taking over the Criterion, 
it is nice to be able to go to the movies and not have to go to a shopping mall to mm. see the movie. Yeah, a standalone. There's not a ton of standalone like movie theaters yeah, at this point. For sure. Yeah, the bow tie was a gem, and I did do miss that aspect of it. But I, I still think like you're not going to Glens Falls and you're not going down to Clifton Park has the Regal, right? Yeah, I think it's Clifton Park. Or yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, Saratoga, though, it's got, got a scene. Um, it's funny. They've got a film festival up here at some point, don't they? Or is that like George? Am I am I making that up? I might be. Don't they do it at like by the park? Yeah, I think so. It's right? that weird little spot by the park. Yeah, yeah, they have that like little tiny. It's like an I don't even know what it's, it's like an artsy building. I don't know yeah. what it's. Yeah. I don't and know what it's technically is, but <laughs> it's a combination <laughs> so, art yeah. building and restrooms. Yeah, to say the least. You know, we're we're not Tribeca. We're not LA. You know, we're not in the scene. We're just three dudes who love some movies and some. TV shows we're going to talk about. Uh, but, you know, I I think we can all agree we've got better opinions than half the people that dedicate their lives to making movies and criticizing Facts. them. And so here we are. Um, you know, it's a little bit changed in the last year. Uh, I'm going to become a dad, so now my opinion of movies is now in the dad zone. You're going to be watching a ton of Tom Hanks movies. A Tom, Hanks Tom Hanks is all <laughs> by dads, for dads, and Yellowstone. Yellowstone's I, I watched out. Otto already. Loved Otto. Thought Otto was great. I totally agree with that take. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think I'm trying to stay in my cool punk rock zone, but I can definitely feel the dad vibes just slipping in slowly. There's just some new balances slowly forming <laughs> oh, yeah, on for your sure. shoes. I, I, I did. I made the joke like I kind of look like a Mormon right now because I got like, like I'm just, you know, I worked I worked today. So like I'm in just pants and a white shirt and like everybody else is kind of in the cozy clothes. I'm like, yep, I'm just a Mormon on the podcast. Yeah, let's get this guy a pair of 574s for next week's episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about the state of streaming and just so my one of the things I thought about in the last year is that I'm still only paying eight bucks to go see a movie at the Spectrum with the world's maybe greatest popcorn. Um, and eight bucks is the price I'm willing to pay to see a new movie. The price of a Netflix subscription right now is $12.99, if I'm not mistaken. And I think $12.99 might be way too low for a, a service that gives you four new movies. I'll be some of them might be absolute fucking duds. Um, but for four new movies a month, does twelve ninety nine seem too low? I, in the mix with HBO Max, Apple TV, Amazon Prime, Disney Peacock's Plus, coming in Peacock hot coming in hot with uh, Poker Face, Poker Face. Uh, some you know the list, Paramount Plus. How many are there? And are we paying too much or not enough for the way we consume content? It's like a cyclical. Like everybody didn't want cable because it got like mm. there was too much going on and so it's like oh netflix like let me do that it's all right here right and then like other people start doing that so then they start buying rights and now yeah you have to have like five subscriptions so like i'm gonna have to get apple tv back when uh ted lasso or what what's your, uh, what's your... ted lasso is okay I, I was more of a severance guy oh, okay yeah. severance oh, yeah, was yeah, my yeah. shit oh yeah well, so first of all, you can just bum my Apple TV off. All right, well, that, we're going to have to talk I'll about that. I'm going to cut this part the, because it might be illegal. If it was <laughs> right. Netflix, I would definitely have I'll to say that. The password apocalypse is coming, yeah. though. The, now they're, they're tracking IP addresses and yep. you're going to cut that right down. Um, I, yeah. Do you, Shane, do you think we're paying too much or too little? Or, like, what's your price on uh, content? I don't know because it's like I probably, there are a lot of movies that I go and see now with the past that we just discussed mm -hmm. that I probably otherwise absolutely would not. Right. I also like I would be I'm happy to pay for Netflix to watch like Stranger Things season five and right. like some of the content they put out. I wish that there was a better bundled package. Like I would be happy to pay whatever amount they decide to be like, you get all of these things all in one. 
and you can get it for thirty percent less if you just we you want us throw in a couple of advertisements. Yeah, I'd be like, I don't give a shit. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for the dominoes to fall on like the NFL just like full up pairing with Amazon Prime or Apple, and then I'm gonna be like, oh, suddenly like now I need that because I need to watch my Giants game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sports is going to be the weird domino that makes movies or one streamer come out above the other. But I'm not ready to like repay $80 a month for all five or six streaming services I need to watch everything. Yeah, like if if you give me, if you're giving me the option of mm-hmm. what I'm going to, like if you give me a $20 budget and you're like, you can do what you want with this one. HBO Max all the way. Right. We talked about this just before we started recording. Like they are power hitters. Like I feel like they have like an 800 slugging percentage. Like they're always on base. You don't find a lot of duds on HBO Max. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's just because Netflix, we you know, there's you're gonna get all that junk in there. You're gonna get the Gray Man. You're gonna get the Adam Project. You're gonna get these movies with big stars in them, and you're like, this should be good. And then you turn it on, and you're just like, just not good. God damn it. (laughs) Well, I I think that's like it's that's 100 accurate. I think that Netflix, the identity of Netflix, has become like every director's playground. So it's like Mm. you get like, well. Actually, I'm not going to use David Fincher as an example because Mank was fucking awesome. Yeah. But you get, like, the Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Goslings of the world putting up $100 million pieces of shit in the mm-hmm. Gray Man. And it's like, well, yeah, of course, because they finally got the studio to buy into what they're trying to do. Yeah, and for every Roma and what was the cowboy movie that came out last week, uh, last year, that won all the Oscars? Um, God, it's going to escape my mind with Cumberbatch in Oh, it. yeah, yeah. Uh, the other the, Netflix. The, the something of the, the dog. dog. You're yeah, the dog. Yeah, the dog. Which yeah. I loved. Yeah, and... Snoozer. Exactly. I feel for, like, every good prestige flick that Netflix puts out and, like, the occasional um, Apple TV one with... the Coda. The, the Coda. Great yeah, movie. That- but, like, how many people saw Coda because it's on Apple TV and because it's so split? I'm still... And it's funny because, like, podcasts... I'm so excited to do this again because we're capturing, like... The, the zeitgeist of at least three people. I don't know if we're capturing any more than that as far as like what people are watching, but like just to kind of find any kind of through line of what people are really watching right now and like get any kind of monoculture thing going again uh, is exciting to me. And just to have an outlet to talk about, it, you know, the things uh, we're watching is, is huge and, and see where the overlap is so I can be like, oh, well, may- maybe I will bum your Apple TV password or maybe I will bum your, you know, your Peacock or whatever. Yeah, like, if you're, uh, like, ranking the streamers, by the way, like, to me, HBO Max at the top, but I think that Apple has very quickly climbed that list. Like, they have some really great A content on yeah, Apple TV. and they're, like, the scary, like, we just have infinite money to burn business. So, like, yeah. they could totally just buy the NFL package and all the best Oscar bait movies of the next, not even Oscar bait, all the biggest hits. Like, they could just offer Avatar all the money they wanted to be like, come to Apple. Well, we'll Amazon, Amazon's right there too, though, right? Like, yeah, Amazon right. is already doing NFL games. They're right. doing the Thursday games now, right? So it's like, yeah, so that's I, a I'm, foot in the door. I'm convinced that's the shoe to drop. And I'm also convinced that that's simultaneously what's killing movies is that there's just so much content. And we haven't even talked about the YouTube of all of this because some of my favorite content is still definitely coming on YouTube for free with a couple ads. Um, I don't pay for YouTube TV, but I do think that balance of ads and paying more for movies, or maybe it's just ads. I think they're, they're going to get more revenue streams in there by adding ads for more people. And then suddenly more people might watch the content. And if I'm like the Apple or the Amazon of the world, I'm definitely getting as many of those people who just want to watch ads just to get them to watch my content, just to get my numbers up. And then I'll deal with all the subscribers who want to pay money later. Because I do. I like, 
um, what was the Hulu thing? It was like five ninety nine for Hulu Basic with all the ads, and then it's like seven ninety nine for Hulu without the ads. And like, I remember my cousin looking at me like, "What are you, some freaking peasant? Like, pay the extra three dollars? <laughs> yeah, like, what yeah. are you doing here?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm also like trying to keep, you know." But also, I don't think I should be paying. For the one with ads. Right. Like, at a certain point, it's like, well, okay, I'll pay for it, but then I don't get ads. I thought right. that was the deal here. Like, yeah. that's how yeah. it works. Yeah. So, I, I just feel like there's this weird reckoning coming, but I'm also just grateful for the... I, I don't want to say that we're in the peak, because I do still think the 90s and the aughts were the peak of movies and, like, ticket stubs at box office period and when the most good content of all genres was being made. And now it's weird because, like, we get these huge blips of, like, amazing sci-fi movie or amazing rom-com. We get the huge highs, but now we have even lower lows for all the mid-level stuff. And, like, something like... Hubie Halloween. Hubie Halloween. <laughs> that I would normally do, like, okay, I guess. Um, I might get a Hocus Pocus run of some... It's, like, that's yeah. the same ball, ballpark. Uh, is now just not a thing because it's buried under Netflix. I do... I think that your point before about Apple having infinite money is, like, just to quickly digress, like, the term fuck you money. Yeah. Apple put out a commercial, which I can only imagine has cost them an obscene amount of money mm. with Timmy Chalamet, oh, yeah. who is one of the biggest stars in Hollywood right now. I'm like, how much did you pay that guy oh, to yeah. do this 30 second commercial? Oh yeah. Timmy Chalamet is definitely on an Apple TV show or movie coming out real soon. Like I just, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, all right, Timmy, what's, what's the project? Why isn't it on IMDb yet? Like, yeah. come on, give me, give yeah. some details here, Timmy. Fucking creme brulee. <laughs> it, it should be said that uh, Chris's girlfriend, longtime girlfriend, has got a big Timothy Chalamet. Oh, yeah, I refuse crush. to pronounce his name correctly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the thing I do now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, with kind of the state of the movies wrapped up here, and we're knowing that we're in this weird flux zone, I think we should also go to the state of the movie awards here and kind of get into the Oscars. Oscars are just a week and a half away. March 13th, probably by the time you're listening to this, less than a week away. Um, fellas, I, I made a point of it on this podcast to obliterate the, the Oscars. The people don't need to hear from me. You know, Shane or Chris, tell me, tell me what you're thinking of the Oscars this year. I think, so I've seen most of the nominees at this point. There's a few that I have not seen, so I'll quickly call out Triangle Sadness mm. and Aftersun, which are on my list. Mm. Hopefully by March 13th, I will have gotten around to it. I think that this is a really, really strong year for movies. Like As I look at the list of nominees of films, cinematography, director, actresses, actors, best supporting for both actors and actresses, I'm like, wow, we are loaded. It's very top-heavy. I do think that list of like, I think they have, there's 10 nominees for best, best picture. picture right? To me, it feels like, there are five in there that I think are like, wow, these were fucking incredible. Yes. Like, these are really good. But other than, like, other than the bottom five, in my view, which the Academy probably won't agree with, other than the bottom five, in my view, I think that there's a ton, that this was a very strong year for movies. So, it's, it's weird because there's a couple things there. Like, obviously, the Oscars expanded to be 10 movies in Best Picture. And now you suddenly get a couple clunkers that slide in there at the bottom. Like, women talking? Who's seen that movie? I would I, see I the saw commercials the for that, and I would make fun of it so much. Oh, yeah. Like, what <laughs> Who is wants this to go fucking see, movie? Yeah, and it's just like, in, in fear of not sounding completely sexist, I'm just like, really? That's what you decided to call it? And I get it. Like, the point of it. But the, to me, even that movie should not be on the Oscar list because the New York Times expose of... Freaking Harvey Weinstein movie, um, she said, was a far superior movie. 
And so I'm just like, what, what? Like, I'm just still perplexed at the Oscars choices on some of these picks. Uh, I, I also think it's super dangerous to be putting like franchises on mm. in the best picture category. Like, I hate that Avatar 2 The Way of Water. I, mm. While I really liked Avatar 2 The Way of Water, I do not think it belongs in a best picture conversation. I also feel the same way about Top Gun uh, Maverick. Mm. I know that is a controversial take, though. Chris, did you watch The Blue People? No. There's significantly less blue people sex in this movie. Uh, so I, okay, I'm I even like more that, out that, than I was before. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> I was already out, but now I'm like, so what's the point? Uh, you know, the Titanic meets Free Willy, uh, underwater smash it, Avatar 2, the obliterated box office records this year. I didn't even like the first one. Right. Uh, and, and like, I get the spectacle, but it's the, one of the only movies this year where I talk to multiple people where they're like, yeah, this is my second viewing of Avatar as I'm walking into the movie theater. I'm like, are you who has are, the are fucking you, eight hours on their hands? And, and also, one, it's a three-hour movie. And two, I was like, really? And then it was people that I would least expect. It was like my best friend's dad just went multiple times. So he loved the first one. I'm like, really? So older people and younger people, like a young hip kid at Siena who's 22, who's my intern. He's like, yeah, this is my second viewing of Avatar. I love this. James Cameron. He's no miss. And I'm like, yeah. I've but- always wondered where the Avatar fans are. Cause yeah. like it's one of the most popular movies of all Somebody's time. Like yeah. people, love, but I'm I'm always. I think there, I don't know anybody that is like I love Avatar. I think there are movies that come out that are just like you. And this is like here's the great thing about movies, in my view. If I can like someone will have to clean up these words, but mm-hmm. like the world is like obviously like a very chaotic place. It's the one place that you go where like there's no egos involved in going to the movies. Like everyone just fucking goes and like enjoys themselves or doesn't enjoy themselves and like then you leave like it's not like you're like looking at the guy next to you being like yeah i'm better at watching fucking movies than you pal <laughs> bet you but, didn't pick up on that little and it's not subtext like you like, there, did yeah you? yeah and it's not like you like look at strangers and you're like you didn't like that movie and i did so fuck you right, and it's right. like i think that avatar is i think like, there's more of that than we want to admit <laughs> that's hey there's no room for that on this podcast pal. not on here i'm just saying out there mm. I, and i think it's like avatar is one of those movies that really like transcends like people who are Super into movies and people who aren't, they're like, oh, it's just a giant spectacle and it's awesome to see pictures yeah. of James Glowing Cameron giving underwater. people the finger. Looks great, yeah, yeah. I'd rather take that if we're talking about like, I'd rather go to see like Fast and the Furious Ten if we're talking spectacles. Well, that's another that's another perfect example of like spectacle. Which right? how yeah. are they still making the Fast and Furious movies? <laughs> I mean, they're just print, they're just printing money for La Familia. You know, what I mean, I do it all for La Familia. <laughs> from my family, and that Corona money, comes yeah, from that, my family. that Corona, that Corona product placement keeps hot. coming in, and you know, <laughs> they keep doing it. Um, so let's let's run down this real quick, because then we're gonna probably uh, pick far better movies to put in this. So best picture. Oh my god, why can't I find it now? I'm gonna see if I can do it off the top of my head. So it is Top Gun Maverick. It's Avatar Two: The Way of Water. It's Banshees of Insurance. It's Women Talking. Uh. It is, did Babylon sneak in there? It did not. It did not, it which I think is the huge, biggest dump. We're going to get to that. Um, it is The Fablemans. Uh, it is Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is, you know, we'll get to uh, favorites here. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front, which was the international film that almost, you know, it's on Netflix and you would think more people have watched it. Probably not. Uh, and then Elvis. Uh, a lot of people saw that because it's freaking Elvis. Um, Tar. You, you, Shane's definitely seen Tar. I saw Tar, but I also think that like less than five percent of the population has seen Tar. I agree with that. I thought Tar was incredible, though. Yeah, great movie. But like, it's just so funny the dichotomy of like, yeah, probably eighty percent of the world saw Top Gun Maverick between it being on Paramount Plus and 
in the movies for forever and making a billion dollars, but that's right next to Tar. That's like less than 10%. And then Women Talking, less than 2% of people watch that movie. Yeah, Tar so, like released, th- it was like in very small theaters and then released th- directly to Peacock, which like mm. is probably the least used streaming app. So, and then the last one was just Triangle of Sadness. Um, another international film um, has Woody Harrelson, has a couple people in it. Um, but also, you know, if you didn't catch it on, I don't even know which streamer that one's on now. I, I don't think many people saw that in the theater. So of the movies that are on Best Picture, uh, Avatar The Way of Water, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I'll give The Fable Bins a little bit of a slide there because it's Spielberg. And then Top Gun Maverick. There's, there's just such a clear like five that everybody's seen and five that people haven't. Chris, give me your number. How many have you seen? One. I've seen Boom. one of those movies. Which one? I saw Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, oh I'm so glad that was the one. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I agree with that. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it's so weird. And like we can go down the actors, but I just think that we should we should just start there. Um, who 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 are we giving it to? It's funny. Chris has only seen one of them, um, so I, I still feel like- wrote my choice was going to be women talking, just because I feel like that's the state of <laughs> that's the state of things. Uh, yeah, Shane, what, what what would you give it to right now? Gun to your head, getting gotta give it an Oscar out without a doubt. Everything everywhere all at once. I thought it was an absolute original masterpiece. Mm. Like I mean, it's like you look at like. Jordan Peele and how he's combining like multiple like genre bending all the time and this mm-hmm. was that on steroids it was like if you can hang on for the first like 40 or so minutes of the film which are like a little bit confusing a little zany because of all the setup yep. yeah a little bit confusing very and by the way I will say while I thought this was a masterpiece and I absolutely loved it it was an exhausting watch oh yeah it was an exhausting you gotta watch. be like, in the whole time you right gotta be paying my attention. brain like can't process that many different universes but I but I thought it was like I laughed I cried I was like it's very stimulating it was like mm. the cinematography was incredible like to me that is the clear cut winner yeah that's and why I go to the movies this plus the, they the, had the guy to, to, to your point is to feel something and then walk out of a movie and be like I feel like any walk of whoever could have liked or hated that movie and it's still very stimulating plus they had the guy that played short round from yeah uh, I, my God, Jones. Why I, yeah how do you how do you go wrong that way you know uh, he's best supporting what is his name actor in a supporting uh, Kei Huai Kwan yeah, yep. yeah. Um, amazing yeah short round goes from not doing a movie forever to getting a best supporting actor nomination uh everything everywhere all at once so i think we're pretty unanimous there and so that might be the one biggest deviation is i think we're best picture we're all on uh everything everywhere well, i, all I at do once. i do have a quick question though so chris i would i would ask you too but you said you've only seen one of them ben i assume that you've seen probably I've, the majority I've seen of, these, all of them yep. you've seen all these films if you had to immediately cut five of these films out if if this were shrunk down to just five. Sure. Who are you cutting out immediately? Like, I I, I think, because Top Gun, I'm willing to give it cinematography because, like, the aerial capture is insane of, like, what they did with the planes. But it's also very similar to what they did in the 80s. So, like, I'm not really, like, okay, cinematography is awesome. So, I think Top Gun gets cut only because, like, the acting and the rest of the, the, the product was not what I would consider the highest form of the art, right? Or the best st- storytelling. Um, so that's gone. Women talking is absolutely gone, and she said is sliding right in there. Um, and then uh, the Fablements. It's 
Fableman's is tough. I think Triangle of Sadness is also gone because it's on the same White Lotus boat. I'm just sick of watching rich people fucking live their lives. <laughs> um, I would love to be rich. Get rich or die trying. I'm with you, Fitty. But like, I just, I can't do it anymore. Rich people being snobs is not entertaining. It's almost painful to me at this point to watch. I, I get it. I want to watch it. I want to understand the morals and causes of rich people, but I just can't do it anymore. It's Triangle like, of Sadness, you're out of there. It's like new Jay-Z songs. Like, for a while, I could understand what Jay-Z was talking about. And then he starts dropping products that I don't even know what you're referencing. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not, apparently I'm not your target audience anymore. Because yeah, I don't know bon what Jay-Z you're talking about. Not, no, no, it's like too, too rich. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I guess, oh, and Elvis. Elvis, absolutely out of there. Only because the movie's completely ruined by Tom Hanks' performance. That fucking tanked the whole goddamn thing. Why was Elvis in there? Is it like... Because really? everyone's in love with uh, Austin Butler. Butler for doing the Elvis impression, which was pretty My good. Mama, mama sir. Listen, mama I've sir. worked enough Elvis festivals. Yeah. To, <laughs> I've seen all, the whole gambit of fucking Elvis Look, impressions. If you want an excellent Elvis impersonator, go on YouTube, pull up Clownvis. Clownvis is about as good as it gets. Shout out Clownvis. Clownvis, if you want to come on the Drop the Remote podcast, we're here for you, buddy. Um, Clownvis, banger. Uh, but yeah, those, those would be my five. And I, I also think... So, hold on. I cut Elvis. Uh, I cut Women Talking. I cut Triangle of Sadness. Uh, I, I, so, this is, this is where I cut Top Gun. Right, Top Gun, Triangle of Sadness, Women Talking 3, and Elvis 4. Um, and then... You did yeah, a swap. Avatar The Way of Water sucked. I'm out. I'm out. Avatar The Way of Water. I'm I out. just think like... Only because I can't... All Quiet on the, wire, on the Western Front, like in, in the year that the Ukraine gets invaded, everyone's going to be like, oh, we need the war movie to tell how bad war is. I'm like, I, everybody's known how bad war is for fucking at least World War II era. It's, it's like know. the dawn of time. Yeah. And so like, I, honestly, I think you could cut six and that leaves four. I think that leaves everywhere all at once. The Fablemans, the Spielberg, like just masterclass in fucking filmmaking. Tar only because it's got Kate Blanchett going to a fucking eleven, maybe even a twelve. And the Banshees of Insurance, which has two amazing leads, uh, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell, telling a totally unique story about how bad war is in the in the subtext. I have been wanting to see that one. Yeah, that's so the only good. other one that I've been like very good, that. very 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 yeah, good. Yeah. So and those are, I mean, I'm. I'm Paint my emotions on my sleeve here, but those are my four front runners. It's not close, and I do. I'm sad because I think the Oscar—they're cowards. As, yeah, as much as I want it to go to everything, everywhere at once, I don't see them giving it to it. Um, do we have a prediction of what they, what you think they're actually going to give it to? I think it absolutely goes to everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm. If it goes to the, so here's my take. I look at that list of those ten, mm. and I'm very happy with four to five of them. Mm. The if you ask me to cut it down to five, I think my fifth one that's going to be making it is just because it's like, it's such a safe pick for the Academy. Mm. It's the Fablemans. Yeah. I think if they don't give it to everything everywhere all at once, they'll give it to the Fablemans. It's the and they're just effect. cowards for yeah. doing that. Right. Because they have to retroactively award one of the greatest directors of all time uh, as he gets older and wearing his emotions on his sleeve. Um, yeah, it's his, it's his biopic about basically his life. And I don't know if his mom was really like, secretly like in love with his like fake uncle his or mom whatever. had an interesting sex life um i think a lot of that is true um from what i've read and from, from what i know um but amazing performances by um our man paul dano as spielberg's Great. dad who's an engineer for which company is it was it ge he starts at ge and then he ends up at ibm and i think he ends up 
finishing with like Raytheon or he's all yeah. over the place. He's, he's a very successful engineer. So it's just really interesting to see Spielberg's influences of like super scientific engineer man versus super artist hippie and his mom. Um, and just kind of how, oh yeah, this is how Spielberg got to where he is and like just making films and the whole spectacle of everything. Uh, yeah, definitely a safe pick. I would hate, hate, hate if that was the one I got, especially after the campaign that everything everywhere all wants is because like I hate to get into the politics of the Oscars and this is not a Oscars politics podcast, but like they've been campaigning the shit out of everything everywhere all at once. They've been shaking all the hands, kissing all the babies in Hollywood. Um, it would surprise me. Do you think there's a recency bias in that? Like, I feel like every, everything everywhere it was came last out. March. It was yeah, literally a year ago, yeah, time yeah. ago. It did not come out during Oscar so, season. So, like, something comes out afterwards that maybe has some sort of, like, I think the fact that it's it. back in theaters now and that it's on streaming is helping its case immensely, especially when, like, a lot of these movies, Banshees of insurance, you still can't stream. Like, I, a lot of these you still can't stream. So, yeah, and it's it's interesting, too, because, like, I did not see everything everywhere all at once in March when it came out. I, Whoever advertised that film did not do a very good job of depicting what it was. Mm. And then it started to get a lot of Oscar buzz, and it was it's streaming on Showtime right now. So I fired up the old Showtime app, and I watched it on Showtime, and I was like, wow, this is incredible. But otherwise, I probably would have never seen the movie. Yeah. So I think Ben told me about it, and that's what made me. I think the last time we did our movies we're excited about yeah. lists that was on there. I, I think it's just got like four or five unassailable scenes, and so like it's it's got the Pro Bowlers, it's got Michelle Yeoh, it's got Catherine Hsu, who uh, Stephanie Hsu, sorry, um, who's best supporting actress. I wouldn't be surprised if both those take down those best actress and best supporting actress, um, and then. Yeah, Kai, Kai, Kai Kwai Kwan, obviously Best Supporting Actor. It's just got, like, the entire ensemble hitting. And oh, Jamie Lee Curtis, too. A little shout-out there. I think it's weird because, like, her being a bigger star than everyone else there, she pulled the gravity she of, She like, subdued it very well. Yeah, exactly. And she, yeah, obviously, like, <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie, like, spoiler here, but the butt plugs on, on the dad's, the sausage fingers, <laughs> like, she has to play one of the most ridiculous roles of her entire career, and that's including the elastic um, jazzercise movie. Of yeah. Whatever. I'll, I'll tell you what, like, they're, so that final scene with, like, when they're in the laundromat and Michelle mm. Yeoh has that breakdown. Yeah. Total spoiler alert. Yeah, here. yeah. Oh, yeah. But she ends up sitting outside on the bench smoking a cigarette with her and consoling her. Like, that was just, like, Grade A acting. Yeah. The plot line of this is that an Asian family who owns a laundromat in LA is just trying to finish their taxes and zaniness ensues, basically, is the plot line of this. And the fact that they can make a movie from that, incorporate all these other crazy emotions and things and family dynamics and, um, you know, the grandpa of it all and the cultural history and the tradition and all that stuff, all in the one movie is, that's that's what's insane. Is like, I just think it, it hits so many notes for so many people. Okay, I have a new conspiracy theory, sure. though. Yes. I'm pretty sure that TurboTax paid to make that movie. <laughs> and they were like, this is going to show people that they, they could have just stayed at home and done their taxes just fine on TurboTax. Yo, you don't want your daughter screaming at you about an everything bagel, TurboTax. Tur yeah, I think that's why I think it's big TurboTax money going into that. So I think the best picture is rightly so a runaway, hopefully, for everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, let's hit a couple of the other categories here. And then I think we'll get into some of the movies that we think it deserved and some of the snubs. Um, best actor, we'll go right down the, the major ones here. Um, I've got Colin Farrell um, for Banshees of Insurance with a little bit of the whale Brendan Fraser upside. Any any thoughts on on those two? I'm here for Brendan Fraser being back. 
right? I I haven't seen the whale still, but I think I saw him in something else. But then I just went and watched Bedazzled, and I was like, this movie's fucking great. Yeah, I watched The Mummy 1 through 47 after I saw The Whale. Why not? You know, like, I'm here for the Frasers. We had the McConaissance. Mm. Now we yeah. got the Frasersance. We need who... Oh, who would be a good... Uh, we need the Wesley Snipes-assance. Yo, we need the go. No, we need, <laughs> we, need, we need Renee Zellweger to do it so we can have an actual Renee-assance. Mm. Like, After Sun, I, another movie I don't think 2% of the population seen... Um, Paul Mescal, I great in that, but not not giving it to him. Um, Bill Nye in Living, another movie. I think less than two percent. And this is like we got a couple movie nerds uh, here, and like if we haven't seen it, it's like wow. And then Austin Butler might get the nod, and to your point, is probably going to get the award only because everyone's seen Elvis. So I think yeah, to me, this is a three horse race. It's Colin Farrell, Brendan Fraser, Austin Butler. So mm-hmm. let's break that down quickly. To me. The absolute best performance in a long overdue best actor award is owed to Colin Farrell. Mm. I think he was the best performance this year, no doubt in my mind. Mm. I also think the Brendan Fraser comeback train is a very strong story. And if Colin Farrell is 1A, Brendan Fraser is 1B. Yeah. The Academy will make the safe pick and they will give it to Austin Butler. And I did not like that really sleazy, like Baz Luhrmann campaign of like Elvis's family loved Austin. It was like, what the fuck, man? What does that have to do with anything? Yeah, yeah. Th- that campaign's whack. Uh, but here's the thing. is Should the Oscars have a Rookie of the Year award? Because then, sure, give it to Austin Butler. Like, sure, he's up-and-comer, great. Yeah. I, ju- I just think, like, he deserves do, some like, other award yeah, and like, not Best Actor. There should sure. also be, yeah, I agree. Like, should we, like, mimic, like, NFL awards? Yeah. Like, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved Actor. Like, I actually really like that. Yeah. And, and like, let's get some sports consultants in the movie world because, like, people will follow those storylines for forever. Yeah, it would be- And, like... It would be super, I feel like the Oscars are dead. <laughs> it would be super cool to see like a Vinny Chase after Medi and like turnaround award. Mm. Uh, so on on the actress, I feel like this is just absolute lock for Kate Blanchett and Tar. Um, Michelle Williams in The Fablemans, sure. Um, Michelle Yeoh, Everything Everywhere All at Once is probably the second strongest candidate. Um, but I just think that Kate Blanchett carrying a movie on her back it just it wins it because Michelle Yeoh I, had a lot of help from. The previously mentioned actresses, Stephanie Hsu, the whole ensemble cast, all the craziness that happens in that movie that supports her. Um, where Kate Blanchett's just like, hold my beer. I'm going to do a monologue for 12 minutes at NYU and you're going to love it. I'm going to shame this kid who's in the lecture hall with me. Yeah, yeah. Do you have all the, do you have the list? Right I do, in front of yeah. You? Okay, because I looked at some stuff before and again, not having seen most of these movies, mm. I was just writing it down based on nothing. Love it. I wrote down Andrea Rise. Reisdorf yep. for two Leslie. That just, I saw the name and I was like, that seems like a movie that would win an Oscar. A lot of controversy around her nomination, by the mm. way. Oh, Tons really? Of contro- yeah. She, I have uh, no idea what it is. Yeah, I, I, so I'm not totally sure. I could be incorrect here. Ben, keep me honest. I don't know if you know. I'll try my best. So basically what happened is nobody saw two Leslie and... Uh, I have her, not seen two Leslie. What's her name? Lupita... Nyong'o. Yeah, Lupita Nyong'o was supposed to be nominated... And then Edward fucking Norton started tweeting about how great Andrea Reisdorf was. And they basically like pulled Lupita Nyong'o out and put Andrea Reisdorf in with the nomination, which I, again, I have not seen too Leslie, but it was basically like Edward Norton was like, it's absolutely sinful that Andrea Reisdorf has never been nominated. Blah, 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 blah. Fuck you, Edward Norton. 
Uh, so the, the plot line of To Leslie is Leslie, a West Texas single mother, struggles to provide for her son when she wins the lottery and a chance at a good life. But a few short years later, the money is gone and Leslie is on her own living hard. She's forced to make a difficult choice. Um, yeah, that, that's just Hollywood. Hollywood and they're, they're politicking that movie into existence. That's why I put it on here. That's because um, I'm, I'm going for the winners. You know, I'm trying exactly. to nail, <laughs> Chris, I'm trying to who's actually getting it. Chris is a front runner. Chris is that guy who's betting on the Super Bowl and he's like, first touchdown is going to be the fullback, the third string fullback, <laughs> and he hits like at 55 to 1. I do actually have a weird Super Bowl bet story if we could go on a quick tangent. Absolutely. Yeah, why not? So I don't bet often, but I've been getting into like the DraftKings of it all. Mm. And I was like, oh, the Super Bowl is coming up. Let me see if there's a fun prop bet. I know they do those interesting prop bets. And I saw one that just said, will there be an octopus? <laughs> and it didn't say anything else. And I was like, I think there might be an octopus. There, it could happen. I, I don't know why they think there might be one, but I'm going to say, yes, there will 100% be an octopus. So I'm watching the commercials. I'm looking for octopi. I have maybe a squid <laughs> even. I don't know what it is. And then I finally look at it, and it's like, will a team score a touchdown and then get the two-point conversion? And I was like, well, that's so much lamer than what I wanted. Is that what they call an octopus? Is that That's what DraftKings calls it, apparently. I won 75 bucks, but I was still disappointed. It felt hollow. That's weird. Yeah. An eight-point play in football is like, it's, it's too common now. It yeah. feels like it doesn't deserve that good of a name. I thought there was going to be an octopus in the halftime show. Rihanna was bringing out a guest octopus or something mm. like that. I don't know. Yo. Also, real quick, while we're on the Super Bowl, Rihanna, get, get, get the girl a rain check for next year, man. Like, I wouldn't make my pregnant wife do a halftime show. And then, like, if you, it's like one of the greatest crowning achievements of your life. You want to do that pregnant? She didn't look comfortable. The crowd was like, you know, Rihanna's Rihanna. She got the hits. But, like, you know, and she sang perfectly great for a pregnant woman who may or may not have the breath support to do it. Wow. She was so not like singing. Too. So you she mean, had the bag of track. But. So you mean from like a. Do it next year when you're not pregnant, so like, so that you can enjoy it. More. Yeah, like so, so like so you as Rihanna can enjoy, can enjoy it. it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, she's Rihanna. She's a legend. Unless she gets, unless she like, I don't know. This is her second child, so it's like I feel like she's gonna be perfectly fine coming out the back end of that. You want to have a couple beers before you go out and perform at this. Yeah, Super you want to celebrate. Yeah, yeah it's, it's being like, a Super Bowl just, performer. It's a crowning is like a historic achievement. achievement. You yeah. think Prince went out there sober as hell? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> exactly. Still the best Super Bowl halftime show of all time. Hands down. Um. All right. So best, best, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Let's say back to best actress. Yes, I. This is like one of the. This is one of the categories this year that makes me really sad because I really want Michelle Yeoh mm. to have won this, but I just there's in my mind there's absolutely no way that I agree with you. There's no way Kate Blanchett doesn't win this, and if Tar wins Best Picture, by the way, it will be the single most bitter movie to have ever won Best Picture in the history of this award. Yeah. I mean, the Oscars have made some terrible decisions, but I could also, like, see if I'm doing an upside bet on Best Picture Award, it's like, oh, yeah, Tar is totally the kind of cinematic nonsense that they would totally throw. Because it's in my top four, and then I just think some of the old Academy might be strong enough to just pull it. Um, you know, I'm, I think we're going to race through the, the, the bottom here. Um, let's, let's go. I, I always skip over Best Supporting. I, I respect supporting actors. But um, let's let's go to best director. Um, and I think this is where the Daniels stand out. Um, the Daniels are oh my god, I'm gonna screw up their names. Um, Quan they, and Quan and Scheidert. Yes, they directed everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, I just think that they stand out most for the amount of effort it took to make this crazy multiversal thing happen this well. We've seen Marvel fuck it up a couple times with you know whether it's. Um, 
Spider-Man movies that we famously bashed on the same podcast or um, The Multiverse of Madness that also came out this year in 2022, um, which I had such high expectations for and did not live up to it. And the fact that in the same year that all these multiverse movies come out, they just like single-handedly deliver this this gem out of that. Um, I think you got to give it to the Daniels. No argument from me. I'll allow it. I have no <laughs> argument. Yeah. The only other one would be Spielberg, which would be totally like too little too late for giving him into his not his best movie. Like, again, it's like, where were you when Jurassic Park was around? Like, is what are we da- doing? Is it going to be a DiCaprio thing again? Where it's yeah, like, I, I mean, Spielberg's uh, well, got his Oscars to, already. Okay. Um, he did win best. I, I'm going to screw this up. The history. I think he's got best picture for um, uh, Saving Private Ryan, which obviously great movie. Um, but yeah, Spielberg still owed a lot of trophies for a lot of his better movies, and so shame on them. Um, he got best director in '99 or '94 and '99, best picture in '94. I'm trying to figure out what this is. '94 had to be uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, that makes sense. Is Jurassic Park swept? Um, yeah, I feel like was well, Saving Private Ryan '99. I feel like it was after two thousands. Yeah, yeah. early early odds. Um, and then. Yeah, and, and so th- those are the ones I think that the lay people care about in the Oscars. They're like those are the big best actor, best actress, best director. Um, we can, I mean the animated ones. That's the thing is like super weak year for animated, super weak year for documentary. Like I feel like last year, me and Chris were talking about Get Back and um, the Questlove one, and I haven't seen any of these um, documentaries. And I love a good documentary. Um, I feel, editing again, thing that unless you're in the craft sometimes makeup and hairstyle like i guess give it to batman <laughs> like like i i don't yeah. know like i i don't really think that's a thing for Mu- colin farrell Mu- right colin Mu- farrell should get that one yeah sure. <laughs> Mu- music there was no like songs that stand out to me other than like that weird baritone sax riff in babylon oh, i like the i like the uh the rihanna song from the black panther 2 okay which by the way i think the black panther 2 i enjoyed black panther the two black panther 2 more than black panther 1 Mm. Really? That that's a hot take. I still haven't seen that one. We, we we should break down the Marvel MCU on on another pod, but that's that's a hot pod. Especially if they screw up Guardians of the Galaxy, I feel like we have to like totally retcon Phase Four. Oh, yeah, oh. I, I'm not hearing great things about the Ant Man one. Mm. Mm. So yeah, Ant Man and they they got they got to come out hot. So yeah, I just think like the rest of the Oscars are going to be. I don't want to say the unwatchable. But I just don't think even the people who care enough to make a podcast about movies aren't paying attention to. Um, yeah. Any 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 other notes on on the Oscars before we get into what we think should have gotten it? So just on um, best supporting actor, I know mm-hmm. we glazed over it quickly. I, I think that's absolutely Brendan Gleeson takes it home. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind. Yeah. But again, it makes me sad because Brian Tyree Henry was unbelievable in Causeway, and if Brendan Gleeson didn't exist, that to me was just the clear winner. Right. And so right there with Austin Butler, like not even rookie of the year because Brian Tyree Henry has been doing it on Atlanta and been doing it on so many things for a while. Like, but yeah, let's let's respect the people who are in the peak of their craft already right now um, in these awards. So, yeah, good, good call on, on Brian Tyree Henry. I kept calling him David Tyree. Um, for the Giants Super Bowl, <laughs> the Giants guy over here. and I was like, "Fuck, that's not his name." Shit, <laughs> and, uh, and so he does come in the clutch often. Though, yeah, so. yeah, very clutch. Um, so yeah, that's it. Um, let's go into snubs, and then let's get get into our best of uh, 2022 awards. Um, the biggest snub, not close. Babylon. What are we doing? Why isn't Babylon on here? Chris, did you see Babylon? Nope. Oh my god, you should see Babylon. But I also think that Babylon. So back to how we opened this podcast. 
Babylon is a movie that should be seen in theaters. Yes. Like it, you can still enjoy it in your home, but it is a movie that absolutely belongs Spectacle to be seen to in the theaters. Max. Like coked out, crazy, manic pixie dream girl energy for the first 45 minutes, just chasing Margot Robbie around as she's got this fledgling Hollywood career in a party that involves a jazz band playing while an elephant stomps through like this weird desert estate. People huffing Ather. Yeah, pe- people doing all sorts of crazy Which drugs. I didn't know. I forgot that Ather existed until that movie. Like more drugs than Wolf of Wall Street, more of that same energy that's just absolutely insane and propulsive. And then it goes right into... Um, scenes with Brad Pitt, you might know him. Freaking amazing. Some of our top movie stars doing movie star things. Um, the, the scene where they make the the big desert epic movie where they're filming and the unbelievable. Like, I, I do think you could break it into three parts, but I'm just saying Babylon is unassailable. Um, the director, why can't I think of his name? Who did Damien Chazelle? Damien Chazelle, who also did he's the, Whiplash, he's, he's the best in Hollywood. Right? La La Lands. Um, he co wrote First Man, 10 Cloverfield. Uh, Lane, he directed uh, First Man, the Ryan Gosling movie when they go into space. Uh, I think Michelle Williams was his wife in that, wasn't she? That's That sounds, yes, yes, for sure. Um, but there's one more uh, Damien Chazelle one. I'm going to forget, but uh, no, that's four. That's four, exactly. Four amazing movies. Perfect hitting record, if you ask me, for, as a director. And he's not going to make his budget back on Babylon. I, he, he might not make his budget back. And it, that just makes me so sad. I totally agree. Like, Babylon getting no nods at no nods in major categories. It, I think it did get one nod in, like, costume design or something. Yeah. No nods in major categories. Just Which, ironically, was my wife's biggest problem with Babylon. And she's like, yeah, Margot Robbie would not be wearing that dress in the 1920s. Like, they just didn't make low cuts like that in the I 1920s. remember having dinner with you guys, and she would not stop talking about it. <laughs> and that. I'm like, that's what you took away from that movie? Not the elephant shitting on a guy? Not, like, all this Margot Robbie, like, doing all these disgusting and crazy and weird things? Not the freaking crazy cameo at the end of the movie that's, like, a whole third act of its own? Well, so... like so couple things on Babylon. I'm actually interested to hear your take on this, sure. Ben. But I will say, a couple of years ago, it was probably like seven or eight years ago now, when uh, the Coen Brothers movie Inside Lewin Davis came mm. out, that was like, to me, that was like Oscar Isaac's coming out party. Yes. I was like, holy shit, this guy is really fucking good. And now he's a major star in Hollywood. Yes. I think that that could be, that Babylon could be Diego Calva's coming out party too. So he's very handsome. I he's, he was very handsome. <laughs> he's so he handsome. W- looks great in his suit. He was very good. I thought he should have been nominated for best supporting actor. He was not. And mm-hmm. you know, as we discussed, Babylon kind of got the raw end of the deal there. Huge snub. But I so when I watched Babylon, I in it's I haven't watched any Chazelle interviews on this. Mm. To me, it felt like the point of that movie was Chazelle saying one of the two things. It was either saying one, look at what we as an industry have done to ruin film, mm. or two. Look at what we as an industry have done to evolve film. I don't know where it was. To me, it felt like one of the two, though. Yeah, I I do think it was his love letter to the last era of Hollywood. Because it's funny, because the movie about the beginning of talkies and sound and film and not using cards and nonsense. But I also think he sees the next generation being so IP heavy with Marvel and Star Wars and, you know, you name your um, IP. Um, that he wanted to pay tribute to just how the movies were made and how anything could be made entertaining um, by good filmmaking. And so it, it might be. It might be the end of drugs and nudity and adult content. And, like, I don't think it's actually the end of those things in movies and content. But I think a big picture, like, this is going to get a budget and, and, and money, maybe. And so I, I've heard some of the allegories of, like, the elephant shitting on... Um, 
our, our guy, I just said Diego, his name. Diego Calva. Diego Calva, um, in the beginning of the movie, is for how much Hollywood has literally shit on Damien Chazelle and all his movies and holding him down as far as, like, you know, giving him a chance, but also just, like, you know, the La La Land fiasco and not getting the best picture, but maybe getting the best picture and made that whole nonsense. And then First Man, like, barely making back its budget despite being an amazing movie. Like, Damien Chazelle is such a critic darling, but, like, nobody's seen his films because he was in in the shadow of Infinity War and Endgame and MCU and Star Wars he and all this crap. so shafted. Like, in Whiplash is my favorite film of the past two decades. He got so shafted with uh, Birdman coming out that yeah. year. It was, like... One, like and it's totally fine and fair that Birdman won because I thought mm. Birdman was incredible, but it was like any other year Whiplash is the clear winner. Totally. Uh, shout out the Rewatchables who just did Whiplash. Did they? Um, amazing pod. Uh, any you know obviously Spotify. You want you want to come on? You want to drop some of that Spotify money on the Drop the Remote podcast? You let We're us know. We're taking anybody's money. Um, <laughs> but they they claim that Whiplash was a sports movie because it's about a guy who trains his ass off with a coach that's super hard on him just so in the big game he can make that one big performance, that one big play, and then move on to his life. It's about really trying to excel at something, which is like such a sports movie um, trope, right? I think we should have we should have the rewatchables on our podcast so that I can debate that with them because <laughs> like I think there's like a degree of truth in that take, mm. but to me that's like a very small... It's basically oh, yeah. like... No, Bill Simmons is obsessed with the NBA. Of course he's going to wedge sports into to me, anything. To but. me, Whiplash is basically like what success ultimately costs a person. Yes. And it can cost you your love for the thing that you care the most about. And and that's what I hope doesn't happen to Damien Chazelle and this whole Babylon backlash and all this stuff is like, dude, you're you're Hollywood royalty already. I you could piss off a lot of people, but you're still gonna be making movies. Um so yeah, Babylon, huge snub. Um we already mentioned Paul Dano as maybe a snub in the Fablemans. I thought it was a snub. Um, Paul Dano also you're the best supporting actor for the Batman. The Chris, tell me how much you love the Riddler and the Batman. Riddler was great, uh, but also Penguin in the Batman. There's a lot of people from Batman that are were also crushing it. Yeah, did you sub out Batman? Like, I'm not saying Batman was a Oscar movie or even good enough to be in the Oscars, but of movies that lots of people watched, that lots of people liked, that I thought were more made more artistic swings for the fences than a lot of those movies. I'm giving it to the Batman. It doesn't get more artistic than emo. You're not my dad, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I don't. I, I struggle to say that it was a snub because of the whole comic book thing. But yeah, that was probably a snub. Did it uh, get? Did uh, Ben? I don't know if you know this or if you have it up right now. Did yeah. Batman get any nods for any form of? It probably got like best production. Um, let me do, do a quick like Control F here. Um, at the risk of excellent podcasting here. Um, but. Yeah, Batman got sound. Um, it got, apparently got three total noms. Visual effects yeah, and that, makeup and hairstyle. So yeah, all the below-the-line production mm-hmm. ones. Um, but yeah, great movie. Uh, so I think that's going to bring us right into our top five or like movies that we thought deserved way more love in 2022. Um, Chris, what, what were some movies that you thought needed some more love in 2022? So I did my research couple hours ago Mm -hmm. it was a very brief googling because i constantly forget when what came out anything like that so Mm. if i am off on my dates let me know okay but uh the first one i wrote down was the menu yeah the menu is fucking dope another movie that a lot of people saw that had something strong to say took a big swing yeah ralph fines and you told it, Joy, what's not to like? That was a great movie, I thought. I was. Who was your least favorite diner? My least favorite diner. <laughs> Probably the critic lady. Mm. She was just 
she she buried some careers and she had it coming for sure the critic where you're like granted i guess we're slightly criticking right now Mm. but like just like oh well yeah but we're the good critics we're not not, burying people's careers i'm not doing it but like i'll talk about how shitty you're doing it kind of a thing Mm. it's like all right well fuck you yeah menus menus great uh what else did i have i wrote down did you guys see Marcel the Shell with shoes on? I didn't. You know, mm-hmm. that's, it's one of the funny because that's up for a best animated Oscar, and yeah. it makes sense. I mean, I it was good. It, it's it's a Christie thing. She was obviously like, famous from the crazy it. YouTube thing of our era, like when we were in college. Yeah. Marcel was a big deal. Yeah, it's like if they made an unforgivable movie. Right, right, right. That would be sick. unforgivable. <laughs> 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 I'm waiting for that me, guy to come back. Is that unforgivable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, absolutely um that one was good and then uh i wrote nope down mm-hmm. nope was a good yeah, one also huge snub right yep for all the love that uh peel gets it, snub here's my question is he i agree snub do you think that he's too progressive for the academy he's taking too big of swings for the academy i think unapologetically too yeah yeah but like i'll go but that, that's the thing at least i like was excited about what he was trying to do after yeah. that movie you know and that's exactly how i felt about everything everywhere all at once i'm like this is so progressive and it's such a big swing and it's just so nice mm-hmm. to see something different for once yeah anything that's not based on a previous ip and I, I get it like they they pulled some tricks from the matrix they pulled some tricks from here and there yeah but like yeah I could go see the everything, uh, the crouching hidden dragon, crouching tiger, crouching tiger, hidden dragon, Matrix mashup with Indiana Jones and some fucking weird ass Halloween slash whatever else thrown in there mashup. I would totally do that because by the nature of combining so many things, you've definitely made something new. Um, what what else we got? Any any other uh, the the other one I threw down was the the huge weight of massive talent or whatever i yes. always that's a tough one to say but like i uh, thought that was pretty good too yeah uh, he's a big uh, pedro guy right now yeah you pedro know? pascal it's not on, a fucking tear on, on fire and and uh oh my god nick cage our guy i was a descended. little disappointed i thought it was gonna be like okay so you picture fucking face off mm. where it's cage playing fucking Travolta. Travolta yeah. playing Cage. Like, there's that. Like, I, so I thought it was like Cage playing Cage playing Cage. It was just going to fucking explode. Right. Cage. It was a little cute. more subdued than I thought, but there was still that, like, young Nick Cage that was yeah, he, fucking he brought screaming the and all But over. Like, how much more would you have liked this movie? He made that in his 30s instead of now. I, Nick Cage is probably like 60 something, right? He's up there. Yeah. He's getting there. I, I still very funny and I appreciate a unique comedy uh, to his life. Um, I had I had three that I think were less talked about. Like we already hit Top Gun. I think Top Gun's great. Do I think it deserves an Oscar? Probably not. Um, Hustle, the Sandman movie, after the uncut gems travesty of hit name getting notoriously snubbed there. Hustle, because a couple of basketball fans here, they got basketball players to act their asses off in Anthony a Edwards movie. Yeah, Anthony Edwards, Kermit. Give him best supporting actor because he struck fear into Juancho, and I think that was real. I think that was absolutely real, or at least he was a good enough actor to pull that off as an NBA player, and also balling out while acting. Not easy to do, I think. Like, 
it's hard enough for me to play. I almost had a heart attack on the basketball court the other day. <laughs> like, for those guys to act that well and also be playing ball in between takes, you know? like As a person that plays probably too much NBA 2K, mm. I can appreciate some good NBA acting because they are phoning it in on those voiceovers, I'll yeah, tell you what. Yeah, in the, in, in the era of, like, the Space Jam nonsense NBA movie, it was so nice to just get a real-ass, like, you know, it's tough to be in the NBA and you have to work your ass off to be in the NBA movie. And I loved it. I thought that was, like, the Rocky sports movie of the like i don't know if there was any other good sports movies this year i needed that in my life um the other one which is totally ip and i i have mixed feelings about it but it is um unique is prey off the predator franchise huge fan of prey um i don't know how you feel about horror movies or even just like the action horror movie um but my dude who did 10 cloverfield lane also directed that and so like i'm i'm in on 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 oh my god i'm a this, Edition number 370. Nothing has changed in a year of Ben not knowing the names of directors and actors. Um, Shane, yeah. Why don't you rip into some of your uh, top five or, or movies that you thought needed more love in 2022? So so I still have to see a few of them, actually. So mm-hmm. I I forego, I forewent seeing a few movies that I had wanted to. Just I got busy over the summer, and then I started trying to cram all the nominees in. Mm-hmm. Uh the Woman King is on my list for need to watch it. Yeah. That is the film that Lupita Nyong'o got uh, shisted out of totally. by Andrea Reisdorf. Uh, I, I get the backlash to that movie of like, we don't want to glorify slave traders, but also that movie slaps and is really good. So like, yep. I, I think you can forgive it for it. It shows the history. It doesn't deny that they were slave trading, but also it's just like they did a cool movie about black women in Africa. And I think that deserves a couple points, you know, <laughs> like. I also, so I'll do one more that I have not seen yet, but I will see before the awards. Uh, Bones and all. Didn't see it. I uh, guarantee that Chris has seen it, though. No, I got, I dodged that bullet. Did you? Chris, ben, you went So I stepped in and took Chris's girlfriend on a date she, to go so, see Timothy Chalamet. I was uh, like, eat, I'm not going the- to Jiminy Chardonnay to watch him fucking <laughs> eat fucking boners and all, whatever the hell is going on in here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah Timothy Chalamet as a cannibal. Um, interesting yeah i thought that would be oscar bait for sure holy cow i'm i'm kind of surprised i don't obviously that's not the kind of movie i want to reward but christy uh, told me when she was walking out she kept being like that guy is like trying to smell me right now <laughs> like, not, somebody's gonna nibble on my yeah. fingers as i'm walking out of here so and then the two movies that i, I thought didn't get enough love that should have i actually shauna my fiance and i we watched them back to back one night we watched uh, The Good Nurse with mm-hmm. Eddie Redmayne and Jessica Chastain. I love Jessica Chastain. She's like Kate Blanchett to me. Like anything she does, I'll always watch it. Mm. And uh, Causeway with Jennifer Lawrence and yeah. Brian, uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Just very slow movie, but I thought it was like a very beautiful story. And it was a pretty good depiction of like everyday life in New Orleans. Yeah, it was, the, it was a New Orleans movie first. I think New Orleans was a character. And then just the opening of how much help she needed like for this obviously she has a concussion she has physical aspects of the ptsd too but like it takes her so long to come back from it like i don't think people appreciate like oh yeah there's a nurse like wiping your butt for a while because you're just so messed up by this this thing and this disease and like all the things it takes to come back and then the choice to like want to go back to war it's crazy yeah and j-law one of our greatest actors actresses yeah where's she been for the last couple years where's she been I think she's just picking and choosing. I don't think she's married or had a kid. Maybe I'm screwing that up, but like... Uh, I think when I was doing my research for upcoming movies, 
there is yeah, she's a Hunger a, Games coming out. Y- yeah. There? yeah, it's on. It's 2023. It did not make my most anticipated list. No, you're stuff. not anticipating that one? I'm not. It I'm didn't not make o- my list either. I'm not overly anticipating it. So, long story short, the Oscars, you know, this year, we're going to give you credit for the Everything Everywhere All at Once pick of Best Picture. You better not fuck this up. You better not give it to the wrong movie. But for the most part, Oscars, you're, you're still fucking this up with movies that probably should have gotten more love and didn't, and, and vice versa. Um, yeah. So, anyway, thanks everybody for listening to the pod. We appreciate you. We're going to close out with uh, things we've been watching most recently, a little preview of things to come here. So, uh, Chris is going to kick us off here. Okay. So, I have one that is in kind of a weird middle ground of it snuck up on me and I wanted it to be good, but it wasn't that good. But when I did, you guys watch Amsterdam? I did, yeah. The other Margot Robbie film that I mean, and Batman. Oh my God, I yeah. forget his name. Christian every, Bale. Christian Bale. Every Christian time Bale. I miss his name. And uh, Denzel's son, uh, John David Washington. John David yeah. Washington, like amazing cast. Not to mention like, De Niro. Star. Yeah, De Niro floating around in there. Uh, was was it Plemons in there? Yeah, or? Jesse Plemons. I love Jesse There's Plemons. There's so many people in that movie. Yeah, and I wanted it to be so because so that story of. It's weird because what it's about FDR isn't there because a weird dictator comes to power in America instead. That's real. Like that <laughs> yeah. shit. People need to know that story, but they did it a weird way where yeah. it's like about these friends and like and they I, I would have a murder mystery, which like, right. wasn't the story. No, it's like I would have much rather watched just a movie about mm. the business plot, and it was fine enough, but it wasn't like I w- I had such high hopes for it and was just like. Because looking at the preview, I was like, oh my god, like this guy's in it, this person's in it, like holy shit. Definitely disappointing. And then I was just like, "Eh." also weird. I didn't watch it, it got terrible reviews. I will watch it Mm. because the reviews aren't always accurate. See Babylon, which we've discussed heavily on this podcast. Mm. But I was surprised just given that David O. Russell did do American Hustle, Silver Linings Playbook, and The Fighter. He usually is a heavy, heavy hitter. Yeah. I, I, I feel like it may have been a. COVID casualty, just weird vibes, like weird production. Like that's the thing is I'm I'm still chalking up some stuff to like, yeah, that production that movie probably was just weird. I think uh, they just added knives out too, clearly a, yeah, a, that didn't, a victim of that too. But is Dave Batista good at acting? <laughs> I don't know. What's <laughs> that other movie he's uh Knock at the Cabin. Knock at the Cabin. The I think that'll tell us if he's good or not. I spoiler alert, I saw it. Ooh. And I don't think that Dave Bautista is good at acting. <laughs> so, so you Bautista, had a little insider information. Well, I just people love him though, and I Dave Who Bautista. Am I to say? If you also break Guardians of the Galaxy three, I'm going to be really upset with you because <laughs> I really want Guardians of the Galaxy. 3 I know I've good. been falling off on most of the Marvel movies, but Guardians of the Galaxy is still one that I, I yeah like, I, and I'm looking forward to. I seeing. think the soundtrack and the cast will bring that one full circle yeah. somehow. Anything else for recently recent watches? Recent here? watches. We're talking about Last of Us. I think we're all high on Last of Us. I think that's going to come to a pod near you. Yeah. Uh, maybe even the next one. Big recap. Big spoilers. Lots of thoughts would on that. Love to get into that one. That's been awesome. Yeah. Um, Poker Face. Yeah. Has been sick. What's it? I haven't started it yet. What? I don't really understand what the premise of it. It's okay, a female so detective, right? Essentially, did you ever see Columbo? Columbo is my shit. Columbo is old school. Fucking this scruffy detective dude it's each episode is its own story it's from the 70s so like they show the murder happen and you know who did it the whole time and colombo shows up and very unassuming dude and just like slowly like chips away at these people's like master plan that they had come up with to get away with murder or whatever so this one 
She's not a detective. Well, it's Natasha, Natasha Leone, Leone of Russian Doll fame. Love her. Big fan of her. Season two, Russian Doll. Yeah. But mm. season one was awesome. So she works at this casino because she originally was, she has this ability to tell if people are lying or not. Yeah. She, she has the bullshit. Yeah. Like she's, she's got she this. Yeah. Knows if she knows if you're lying. She's like, psych? A little bit. Kind of. But she, yeah, it's just something but that very she can do. They, premise, they don't knows, like yeah. get into it too much. It's not like, yeah, explained. you just know that she, just, can, she, she can, can call that. bullshit or not call bullshit. Yeah. So the original, the first episode, uh, a girl that she works with, her friend, finds something out about the guy that owns the casino. I think it's Adrian Brody, isn't yes, it? Yes, Adrian in the first Brody season. has her good friend killed. Yeah. And now she's on the run because she knows that Brody did it, who's like this kind of Reno kingpin casino right. guy. And she's got his henchman chasing down Natasha Leone. And so she's going town to town. She's working odd jobs, doing stuff. And right. it's the perfect Columbo setup. So she can just be in this totally new setting, totally new set of So it'll show, yeah, it's always like different guest stars, mm. each one. And it's usually the most famous person does the murder most right. of the time. Right, Crazy cast, insane And cast. so it'll show this like murder happen. And then it, it cuts back to show her having been working at whatever place it is for the last week mm. and how she's involved with it. And then she goes around and solves the Right. Okay. The themes are like basically. wildly different. It goes from like barbecue to like off, off Broadway drama. That one was good. So, to, so is it like anthology episodes? There's you, you kind can of. basically pick up an episode and be like, I didn't need to watch the last one. Absolutely. Pretty much. There's the that through, is there the is idea. the through line of That's she's cool. being kind of chased by this guy, but he's only shown up in one of the episodes. I think yeah, since the first one. Pretty much. On, on purpose, you what don't need to watch. And all you really need to know is that she's consistently on the run. I'm curious if, if they do the season finale where, like, the Adrian Brody of it all comes back in. But totally the purpose of it was to, like, reverse Netflixify the syndication. Like, you don't need to serialize anything. You could just pick up wherever and, and jump right in. Yep. So. That's cool. Beyond that one, there's one that, I you know, I was thinking about saving it for our upcoming What We're Looking Forward To. Mm. But it's already out now. At least episode one is. I just haven't watched yet because I've been balls deep oh, in Hogwarts Legacy. Down. It's Party Down. Oh, hell yeah. Did you watch the first episode? I, I have not watched the first episode. Very excited for I'm Party Down to be back. Fucking jacked As someone up. who works in the catering world. Um, oh, yeah. That's I right can, up your I can alley. tell you that so much of this is way too real. The first two seasons are so good. People with lives and dreams of podcasting, screenwriting, fame, <laughs> and, and just working in the catering world. You it's know? a little like, bit too close to home. Yeah, it's a little, a little too close to home. Shane, have you ever seen Party Down? Uh-uh. Uh, Party Down. So this is an old Adam Scott jam. Okay. Where it's, yeah, it's kind of the same. It's anthology episodes where it's all separate catering mm. events. So it's this catering company and they're working an event and just weird shit happens all the time. And it's got Adam Scott. Who's the guy from like Wet Hot American Summer? Oh, yeah. That's I'm, I'm going to be terrible with it. Ken, you know me. I'm terrible Ken with it. Ken Moreno, I want to say. Yeah. Ken Moreno, yep. That dude is fucking hilarious. Uh, and the super tall Barbara Lynch. Is that her name? The super tall Jane girl. Lynch. Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch, Jane Lynch, Lynch is in it. All that yep. stuff. Um, yeah, there's just some heavy It was so good. I, so they were, I read something where they were thinking about making a third season, but mm. that's when Adam Scott went to do Parks and Rec. Right. So they just cut it, but it's enough of a cult favorite that they're finally coming back with it. And I hope they don't fuck it up. I get very worried about like yeah. shows and movies that they the take too long with you. Oh God. Yeah. So definitely Poker Face, definitely Party Down. And skip Amsterdam from Chris. Don't yeah, don't Sh watch Amsterdam. Shame. What do you what do you got as recent? So I've been ripping through The Last of Us. Obviously, mm. I think everyone and their mother De has definitely in Last of Us. I'm from um, all three of us. 
towards uh, towards the end of 2022 or early 2023, I actually went back and watched the series that I'd always meant to watch. Thought it was absolutely fantastic. His Dark Materials on HBO. Mm. Big fan. I was not ready for it to take me by storm like it did. I was like, I was hooked. I ripped through it in like 10 days and there's Oof. three seasons. I started watching that one when it was coming out yep. week to week. And it's one of those ones where I was interested, but it wasn't keeping me engaged enough on a week to week basis. You have to. I be, didn't come back to it. You, you know got to I mean? be in like I'm into fantasy. So sure. like you got to be into fantasy to like it. If you're not, you're going to be like, hey, I just said I'm you. balls deep in Hogwarts legacy. Buddy. <laughs> like, I think I'm doing all right. Mm. Um, and then also on the movies, on the movie sense. So huge Dennis Villeneuve fan. And people will probably question that after I say this. Uh, I had actually never watched Blade Runner 2049. I had always been under the impression that you had to watch all the other Blade Runners, which I have. I think there's only one other one. I think the OG. I think there might have been like some spinoffs. Yeah. Yeah. There's the two tent poles of 2049 and the OG. I've seen OG Blade Runner. So I went back couple weeks ago and I rewatched I watched for my first time Blade Runner 2049 mm. what a fucking banger I mean I was mind blown at how good it was I was so like good. this is one of the best things I've seen in a very long time how did I like and to Ben's point earlier I think we were talking about this off mic that is a movie that should be seen in theaters I'm mad at myself for never having seen it in theaters. If they ever re-release it in theaters, the scene I will where fucking Anna de Armas comes down and touches the finger, like the huge glowing. Yep. A that's Anna de Armas is that thing. Yeah, and then that's, like, that's kind of like her coming out party, right? Right. Right. Uh, yeah, amazing movie. Um, just, I'm also uh, balls deep, as they say in Hogwarts. Um, which also Hogwarts Legacy. Um, don't don't hate the game studio and all the hardworking people that are working super hard to do all the graphics for stupid Harry Potter magic tricks. Um, Is it just that we're mad at? Uh, we're JK just mad Ron. at Jake uh, JK. Rowling. Oh, I almost want to say yeah, Rowling. I almost want to say Tolkien. I'm like, you what the fuck? I thought you were going to say J.K. Dobbins, the running back for the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, no, not him. We're not mad at him. JKs in my life. Um. Yeah, so we're only mad at Rawlings because well, yeah, she could still fuck off, but I'm still gonna play it's, a fucking sweet. Exactly, I don't mind putting a couple pennies more on top of the mountain of money that she's got because her IP is being used in this in this great game of a fantasy world that was like a big part of my life since I was in sixth grade. Oh yeah, I will repeat a hot take that Christy was not a fan of. That <laughs> That's I gonna be good. good. Uh, maybe some people are just meant to be homeless. Maybe <laughs> we should have left JK on the streets. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't actually mean that, but it sounds like she should be homeless again. That'd be cool. I, it, I, I just think it gets further into another topic for another day of just like the separating the artist from the art. I'm yep. still out here listening to Kanye. I'm still out here playing Hogwarts Legacy. It just is what it is. You know what I mean? I put it in that same category of just like, yep, you're kind of nuts. So you're just over there. But like, you know, your art's pretty cool. So uh, that's cool. So I've been playing a ton of Hogwarts Legacy. Just saw Cocaine Bear. Um, this was, it would have made one of my most anticipated movies of the year by a long shot i think john wick three no spoilers for next pod is now reclaimed the throne um cocaine bear you know you may want to be on some party drugs when you watch cocaine bear because it'll make up for some of the lacking moments of it um yeah that's in, based on a true story though isn't it based it? on a, so loosely like a bear ate some cocaine one time and they shot. yeah okay there was a real drug dealer who dropped a shit ton of coke in the chattahoochee forest down in between tennessee and georgia Bear found it. He was found with like, I don't know, 40 pounds, not 40 pounds. It I think was, the bear just had a heart attack. Anyway, right, right. right? Yeah, like, anybody, anybody, no, any animal that does that off. much cocaine yeah. is going to die. And so the bear just died. But in the show obviously takes great liberties to make the bear more exciting and more violent and more whatever. 
Um, I like to picture the bear just having like a little stash that just keeps doing little bumps every once in a while to right. keep it going. He's like, you <laughs> and, know, what? I, I just I, gotta keep this buzz going. And, and the, I think the biggest fault with that movie uh, is it needed more hangover energy and less um, stupid like slasher film energy of the bear being a monster. Yeah. It needed more just like the bears down to party, let's go, you know, like kind of energy. And I think it totally squandered that. So. Um, anyway, that's it. Do, you, do we want to throw in a little bit of the food stuff, what you've been eating lately? Uh, I do wh- have good? one other thing that I want sure. to talk about. Uh, I've been getting into a lot of, like, weird doc series lately, mm. like the Netflix, like, documentaries. Like that... Jeffrey Dahmer? No. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't, I didn't get super into that one. I, but I watched, um, the Pez Bandit. Did you guys watch that? The Pez Outlaw or whatever it is? No, I think... No, is it about the candy Pez, though? Yeah, it's this dude in the Pez. 70s who was, like, flying over... There's some weird Pez law where there's, like, Europe Pez and America Pez, and you could only sell certain dispensers. So he was bringing Pez so, contraband So he was going over, countries. but they, like, didn't sign... They didn't have, like, a thing that said that Pez was the only people that could bring him into the country, so he got stopped at customs, and they were just like, well, they didn't fucking do it, so, like, go ahead. Yeah, and so he was just making a ton of money selling weird Pez that he was going straight to the factories. And this in is Europe why we pay Chris the big bucks because he finds the Pez Bandit. <laughs> the Pez Bandit was good. I would I would argue. So Christy got a tattoo the other day, and her tattoo artist recommended this one. What was it called? Gunther's Millions. Have you guys heard of Gunther's Millions? No, I'm about to no. look it up on Google though. Gunther's Millions is a wild ride. The, you will kind of understand what's going on when mm. you start watching it, but the way that they sh- frame it in the beginning, it's basically this lady, super rich countess, left all of her money to her dog in, uh, in like, this trust. And so it's all these shots of this dog on a yacht, this dog, mm. like, getting in under this, like, <laughs> chair and, like, like a chef putting steak into, like, a golden Love a good dog, dog bowl. Spoiled the crap out of my dog. This is legit, though. Like, it... it like they, and then they start talking about it. they're like and then they started this cult and like it seems like this dog is just doing all these nefarious things but there there's <laughs> but like the this dog's a dog <laughs> yeah. there's this weird thing going on in the background of it of like this guy it's like this weird money laundering scheme of course, somebody wants the dog's money but they yeah. still have to go through all the motions of this dog like being mm-hmm. super rich and like the dog gets to do whatever he wants and awesome one that one was very cool i feel like my wife would love a good dog movie um, it gets less and less about the dog, unfortunately. But like every once in a while, you see him like hanging out in the background. And you're like, fuck yeah! Uh, I, I think that's it. I'm on my best behavior. I'm trying to become a dad, so I'm not like drinking. I'm I'm Benny No Fun right now. I'm like trying to hit the gym. I'm trying to just like lay low, get all my home improvement projects done, you know. And so, uh, as far as food, like. Love me an Italian sandwich. I'm, we we celebrated National Gabagool Day in my family yesterday. Gabagool. I can't believe I missed that. With the Gabagool, Gabagool the cat. And I watched every <laughs> Sopranos clip of all time because the Gabagool I had to get had to get in there. You got to uh, throw the Office one in there too, just for just for good measure. Yeah, um, the off, I'm terrible. I barely watched it. I've, they obviously did a Gabagool skit. There's like one episode where Michael thinks he's being intimidated by like what he thinks is a mob guy, but it's just a guy selling insurance. Oh yeah, Mr. Grotti. Yeah, and they go out to eat, and the guy orders this like whole. He's like, "I'll have the steak with the salad," and he's <laughs> like, "If if the steak's on top, I send it. Back. If the steak's overcooked, that's I send right, it back." That's right. Okay, I do. So know and that then yeah. Michael Scott tries to order the guy. He's like, "I'll have the Gabagool," and the lady's like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, you like, want some the Gabagool? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then she goes, "No." Then he's like, "He's like, I'll have. I don't remember what he's like. I'll have the." 
dressing on the side. If it comes on top, I send it back. Yeah. <laughs> I had I had a very Legend. similar situation to that when I went to pick up Gabagool from my cat Gabagool from the vet. Crit's Crit's cat's name is Gabagool for yeah. for our listeners that and, and pierogi. Yeah, just to give you a little I got the food so game. Gabagool the cat. Yeah. So Italy I, and Poland represent. Yeah. I like went to pick up Gabagool and I called and I'm like, hey. I'm here for Gabagool. And the lady's like, what? And I was like, yeah, uh, Gabagool. He's my cat. He was like, I'm here to pick him up. <laughs> and she's like, hold on, let me go check. And she was, she seemed real weirded out by it. <laughs> and so she like, cause this is like COVID time. You don't yeah, go inside. Tony Soprano, yeah, why the fuck just, the vet's yeah. office? Yeah. So she finally comes back. She said it wrong a bunch of times, but she's like, I got Gabagoo right here. And she's like, you know what? I was questioning it before, but I get why you named him that. It's super fun to say. <laughs> Did you pull uh what's the, uh, the Will, the Will Ferrell movie where he's like, you come to my house, you say my cat's name right. It's Christina. <laughs> the other guys. If you Mom. have, if you have oh. my kitten, you say his name you right. It's Gabagool. <laughs> Too funny. Uh, I think that's all we got. So thank you again, guys. Uh, we're back. Hopefully this is not just a once in a year podcast. Uh, Shane and Chris and myself, Ben, are back. You can check us out on the gram, we still got the drop the remote Instagram, you know? <laughs> hasn't been updated since uh, hasn't the last been updated one. in a year, but you know, we're gonna we're get gonna, back. We're gonna there. start pumping pubbing that bad boy. And, and, you, oh, yeah. and you know, and we got the uh the drop the remote at gmail.com. So if you got any feedback, we'd love to hear when from you. When was the last time you checked oh, that fan God, bag? It's, it's been it's the fan bag, it might be full of shit. We're <laughs> we're coming back to you, we're coming hard, we're coming fast, and you know, hopefully a week and a half from now, having a big last of us review and our five most anticipated films of 2023. Uh thanks again. We're out. Thanks, Peace. guys.